This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Melbourne, we're having a festival of festivals. It seems everywhere we turn, there is another food festival happening uh, on the weekend this week somewhere around Melbourne. We're going to invite you to join us at three of them. The Bon Fromage Cheese Festival, which is happening this weekend and next weekend in Carlton. Taste, which is happening this weekend at uh, Pelican Lawn at Elbert Park. And uh, Good Food Month is on until the end of November, and we're going to catch up with its creative director about what's some of the good stuff coming up this week. We are good afternoon. Seven minutes past one. Thank you, Tim Lennox, for the news. Thank you also to Dean Beck for Word for Word. You are on Cravings here with myself and Tad Lombardo uh, joining you live from the, the festival studio of festival of festival studio, Absolutely. I think, Tad. What have your people done this week? Good Lord, man. I <laughs> do not speak on behalf of them. Uh, I, it's democracy. What can you say? Well, I, I wonder if it is democracy because yeah. if it were democracy, Clinton would be going to the White House because she's about half a million votes up now the, and on, on Trump. In the popular vote, yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's electoral college votes that Which count. Is, and, at the and nobody understands the electoral college votes. No, no. It's, uh, it's one of those things that's been in place forever. Um, and, and it has put good people in the White House as much it as has. it has put Oompa Loompas like Trump. Right, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure your mother is listening and blanching at my distaste <laughs> no. and my uh, dislike of Donald Trump. But um, I just, I, it, it, it makes it for a very scary four years, given that both houses are going to be con- controlled by Republicans. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, already, if you've had a look at Donald Trump's website, he's already taken off about the policy he had as far as banning Muslims from coming to the United States. And he's also taken off about the fact that he was going to completely abolish Obamacare. And that's appears to be off the table now. So. Well, it's not inaugurated yet, so I can't really make well, those decisions. Right, and I understand I read in the, the newspaper this morning that Peña, the uh, Mexican president, has actually started to build the wall to keep the Americans out. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. Hey, we've got a lot to talk about today. It's not going to be politics. Uh, no. We're also going to lament uh, the passing of Leonard Cohen. So Music Today is inspired by, or it's actually written by Leonard Cohen. We're just not going to have him perform it, which I think there'll be a million other shows on radio and television around the world that will be playing Leonard Cohen doing Leonard Cohen. We'd like yep. to honour Leonard Cohen with other people honouring Leonard Cohen. Yeah, some great, um, you know, of, of other artist renditions yeah, of, the, yeah, yeah. of his songs. It's pretty, uh, yes. 
pretty incredible. So we'll pepper the program today with a couple of Leonard Cohen tunes because it's it's been such a big week. 2016, I will be so bloody glad to see the back of it. Oh, it's just one thing after another, isn't it? Mm. It's um, it's crazy. We've lost Bowie. We were inundated with Pokemon Go. Definitely. We've got Trump in the White House. I've noticed a spike in chocolate sales this week, though. Really? I have. Why? I think people <laughs> turn to chocolate when things go bad. <laughs> so. Oh, I feel like crap. Let me eat chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And cheese as well. Oh, right. There's cheese everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Which is a good thing. Cheese, cheese, cheese. Yep. You'll, you'll be out there this afternoon. I will be. I'm looking mm. forward to that. It'll be yes. fun. So um, on today's program, you're going to hear from uh, a fellow from the French Dairy Board. His name, name is Laurent Damien. Uh, he's been here this week uh, for the opening of Bon Fromage, the cheese festival. People are starting to wonder why we've covered this cheese festival three weeks in a row. Because it's free. That's right. It's, it's about the European Union and European cheese. It's free. That's why we're doing it. If it was a, something you had to pay for, we, we obviously couldn't do That's it. That's right. But, um, it's, it's a fantastic celebration. And you're involved. And it I'm is. Involved, yeah, it's been so. great. And I think, you know, how often do you get to taste cheese for free uh, you know probably virtually never until now really and so. some of the world's most expensive cheeses absolutely excepting the donkey cheese well, and it's ha- really really interesting yeah. none of the eu dairy board actually know about poulet the donkey right. cheese. well am i cr- wrong in saying that the cheeses that are on on offer at the, the uh, bon fromage are all cow's milk correct is that right yeah, yeah. so, so we couldn't be doing donkey, donkey milk no. anyway no. <laughs> Um, so lots, there just seems to have been a lot on this week. So we'll speak to Laurent Damien about uh, Bon Fromage. We're also going to speak today with uh, Jemima Cody. She's the creative director of Good Food Month. Yep. Uh, Jemima is the food reviewer for The Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's going to have a bit of a chat to us about some of the things that are coming this week in, in Good Food Month, including the night noodle market, which launched on, launched on Thursday night. That's right. Mm-hmm. It all happens at once in Melbourne. It does, and Taste Festival is on at the Pelican Lawns in Elbert Park. Uh, We will be catching up with Mike Patrick. He is from Fancy Hanks, uh, one of our neighbours just here in Burke Street, and he's he's out there at Taste as well. So a lot to get through. Uh, Now, there's something else that's been on this week that has caught our attention. Absolutely, the uh, uh, Jolina Shuffle, which is um, quite a unique global event food event yeah. it's a little bit like a global version of musical chess it's exactly like that and mm. it's double top secret the way it works is that um there are 40 chefs who are asked to take part if they agree um they are they're taken out of their own restaurant um and placed into another restaurant which nobody knows about until the which could be on the other side of the world which in most cases it is yep mm. and then another chef comes into that person's home restaurant and they are expected to create a menu with local ingredients but putting mm. their own twist on it based on their style of food and then it's all judged it is yeah, yeah. and um and it, it's quite an interesting thing we've got um like australia had four chefs i believe involved it was ben shiri from Madagascar, yes yep uh dan hunter from bray, bray. Mm-hmm. uh jacques zonfrillo and from uh, Murano in Adelaide. that's right mm. and um paul carmichael from mabafuku in sydney so mm. uh ben went to meadow wood which is in napa valley yes dan went to dom and i'm not sure where the other two guys went but dom is uh alex atala's restaurant in sapalo so, yeah that's right we've actually had alex on this program a couple of times oh really yeah and i think over christmas because you're going to be away over christmas and i'm yep. going to be away over christmas we might do a couple of best of with some of the interviews yeah. we've had over the last few years that um that might include alex atala and massimo yep. batura and um, because, of course, the world's 50 is coming to Melbourne in a little while as That's well. That's right. Mm. April 5th. We will take a short respite. If you would like to be in touch, on air at joy.org.au is the email address. 0427JOY949 is the 
telephone number to send a text message. Uh, Linda's listening. She's sending uh, in New Providence, New Jersey. She's sending us mail from the Joy app. So if you have that, use that. And uh, you can phone one three hundred Joy nine four nine should you wish to take part in today's program. We shall return any moment with Laurent Damian from the French Dairy Board. You're on cravings. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. We're listening to you. SMS 0427 JOY 949. Email on air at joy.org.au or call us 1300 JOY 949. It's a really good way to get in touch with us. Tad Lombardo, Pete Dillon with you. Uh, we have an interview to share with you. He's, it's from a chap by the name of Laurent Damien and he is from the French Dairy Board. Here it is. Neil, he is the French Dairy Board, for want of a better term. He joins me now. He's here in Melbourne for Bon Fromage, a festival of European cheese, which is happening this weekend and next weekend in the back of King and Godfrey in Ligon Street in Melbourne. Laurent, welcome. Hello. I should say bienvenue. Merci. <laughs> De rien. Um, tell me a little bit about the French Dairy Board, first of all. So it's an organization that gathers all the French milk farmers, and there are more than 20,000 of them, and all the dairy industry. So it's like 350 different companies making cheese, of course, but also milk, butter, cream, whatever. And what's your role within that organization? Uh, this organization mainly does three things, economics, research, and communication, and I'm head of communication for the French Dairy Board. And you're only in Australia, what, 48 hours? Uh, yes, exactly, 48 hours. I'm coming from Tokyo, I'm going to Dubai tonight. That's a lot of travelling in, in a very short time. So um, the focus of Bon Fromage, it is a festival of European cheese. I think we're, we say European cheese, I think we're mostly French, aren't we? Yeah, because France is in Europe, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it's French is mostly, but as we are co-financed by the EU, we are also showing other uh, cheeses and the French cheeses. But it's the French Dairy Board that is uh, head of the financing of this organisation, so we are doing many French cheese. How have you found Australia's palate when it comes to cheese? Uh, interesting, because like 10 years ago, uh, the Australian wouldn't really like cheeses. We tried to export cheese, but it was like very small quantities. And for the last five years, maybe with the foodie movement and Australian being more and more into food, uh, we exported more and more cheeses. And Australians are very interesting in new, new cheeses also. So it's a very interesting market for us. Have we become more sophisticated in our taste? Yeah, I think uh, more interesting in other products and more interesting in new products and more sophisticated definitely the wine, the cheese, the food. When you look at the restaurants in Melbourne or in Sydney, it's different, definitely moving. And what is it about French cheese in particular? We, you, I know you've tasted some Australian cheese today. Um, there's a, a big difference in the... I think the smell, the taste. Talk to me about the how good French cheese is compared to our own. Um, in Europe, we have been doing the cheeses for more than 8,000 years. So it's there is a huge history of making cheeses for 1,000 years. And, and, and most of the French cheeses are all like 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years. Every, every cheese has a very long history. So we have been doing cheeses forever and we are very good in that obviously not only in France in Italy in every country in, in, in Europe uh, here it's a new world it's like in America so you're new in making cheeses 
so it, you don't learn how to make cheese in 200 years only mm-hmm. it takes thousand years so maybe you will be good in 2000 years no I, I think the, the, the Australian cheese is good also it's very salty though right. because when you don't have tests I, I mean the history of tests you put a bit more salt maybe uh, but uh, you're doing more, better and better what makes a really good cheese? When you when you think about um, the structure of a cheese, is it its fat content? Is it salt? Is it acidity? What is the thing that makes cheese good for you? I mean, it's um, uh, the equilibration. I don't know if you understand equilibration, the equalization. I mean, the, the balance mm. uh, of all the different flavors. Of course, uh, it has to be strong a little bit because uh, your nose has to to be capture, captivate or whatever. Uh, it has to, to 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 have a specific flavor, uh, and uh, it doesn't have, that doesn't have to be too salty. The salt is important in the process of making cheese because this is the way it has been done for 8,000 years first of all to preserve the milk, we put it cheese and we, we kept the, 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 we change the cheeses every day with more salt and finally it became like a, a tradition and the affinage way of uh, making cheeses so in France we have cheeses that we do the affinage for more than 3 years or 4 years sometimes like in Italy for the Parmigiano Reggiano for example like the Conte and many cheeses are sometimes 3 or 4 years of uh, affinage so this uh, will give all the flavors and the smell of course of the cheese so Australians would be familiar with um, things like Dauphinois maybe a Roquefort um, but it's, it's, there's much more diversity there's how many different types of blue cheese in, in Europe Oh, in Europe, there is more than, I think, 500 different types of blue cheeses. Blue mm. cheese is uh, a must in Europe. But uh, in Europe, all Europe, we have more than 5,000 different cheeses. In France, it's more than 1,200 cheeses. This mm. is a country with the most diversity cheeses in, in Europe. Then you have Italy with 650 cheeses. Spain with 450. England is a good one also, 400 different cheeses. I think they gave different kind of cheddars mm. and many also good cheeses. Um, of course, some countries with uh, less diversity in the landscapes would have more diversity of cheeses, mm. uh, like uh, the Netherlands, you would have mainly Gouda and, uh, and Edam. When in France, you have 1,200 cheeses, so it's, uh, of course, the very well-known, like Brie or Camembert, uh, but also Epoise uh, are very strong cheeses. Every city almost has his cheese. Mm. I guess it's like asking do you have a, ch- a favorite child but what what cheese do you like to eat the most me, my favorite cheese is Epoise. Mm. Epoise, it's in the north, Burgundy. So we not only do a lot of very good wine in Burgundy, we also do this cheese, the Epoise cheese, which is very stinky, very tasty. Mm. Uh, that goes very well with uh, Burgundy red wine, definitely. Uh, that's one of my favorite cheese. Hello, Ron Damien. He's from the French Dairy Board. He's in Australia for a very short time to celebrate uh, European cheeses, and in particular this Festival of European Cheese. Um, how did you come to cheese? What's been your journey to get to cheese? Did you grow up in a family who made cheese? No, not at all. I, <laughs> I did some study in marketing and communication, and before I worked for the fruit and vegetables, actually. Uh, and then I, I thought like the food business is very interesting. I wanted to do more, and also do more export of, of food and the, the most ex- exported product we have in France is cheese, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was very interesting to, to do communication with cheese and to make all the world discover the French cheeses. And is the world paying enough attention or do you want us to pay more? 
upping more and more because we are exporting more and more. More than half of the French production of cheeses is exported now. Uh, the first market would be the United States, uh, then uh, Japan, and then many countries. And Australia was nothing like four years ago, and now it's becoming a major country. And does the things like um, uh, the economic sanctions from the EU against Russia, for example, has that caused uh, 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 a, a glut or a, an oversupply of cheese in Europe and that's why Australia is a good market? For French cheese, not really, because we exported only like very premium cheeses and small quantities into Russia. For other countries like uh, Finland, definitely, Denmark and the Netherlands, it was like a very big problem. So then we have an overproduction of, uh, of cheese or milk in, in Europe, so there was a, a decline of the price, not only in Europe, but in the world, mm -hmm. and also because China was uh, like uh, buying less than the, the previous years. But now the, the market is coming back, and so the supply is uh, less important than the demand at the world uh, level. So now the prices of milk to the uh, uh, milk farmers are going better, and that's recovering. So uh, when, you, when you talk about supply and demand, how much do fluctuations in the global economy have an impact on, on your export market? Um, for cheese, cheese is, is a deluxe product. So definitely if the economy is good, uh, people are going to buy more deluxe products and they want to differentiate also. So they want status, social status product. So definitely the economy is good worldwide. So of course the rich countries of the world, like Australia or like Japan or the United States, but also the new countries like China, definitely. India is importing also more and more franchises. Brazil, even if the economy is not that good, but... Uh, as important more and more franchises of, of course the Middle East and, 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 and new countries in Africa also it's been an interesting week in politics, just to, to take, a, take a sidestep with uh, the election of Donald Trump. Do you then look at that and go, how is that going to affect us from a, from a global economic point of view? And um, I mean, the trade agreement with uh, the Pacific Trade Agreement might be for us uh, a good thing, actually, <laughs> um, because... Uh, we have a huge market in Asia mm -hmm. and uh, we are a little bit afraid with the export of dairy products from the States to Asia. So this is good news for us. Uh, so we have to see good news anyway. Yes, yes, <laughs> of course. Um, and so looking at places like uh, this, particularly the Asian market where um, the palate is probably not used to the quantity or the quality or the diversity of dairy products that, that we might be used to here in Australia, for example, um, is there is there palate leaning towards um, looking at, at more diverse opportunities for cheese and, and different types of cheese and different the flavor the cheeses with more flavor or, or stronger smells? Um, of course, when a consumer has never tried any cheeses, he will start with very soft cheeses, mm. and then the more his his palate is uh, used to eat cheeses, he will try more and more and, and uh, I mean stronger and stronger cheeses until he would try a poise or roquefort which is like uh, the most important ones or the most the strongest one um, what we have been doing in Asia we always uh, study the, the, the palate of the consumers everywhere and we work with chefs and we try to see with chefs the way we could uh, accommodate the franchises with the local uh, food habits and local culinary uh, heritages and so this is the way we do we don't come with the French 
French is bored like the way we eat in France, mm -hmm. uh, the plateau de fromage, but you try to adapt uh, the use of the franchises to uh, local recipes. This is uh, for Japan, for example. We do sashimi of Conte or sushi of camembert. Uh, in Shanghai, we would do a camembert medusa, for example. Uh, and like in the in the States, we do like blood over and cheeseburger. Uh, <laughs> and here, I was amazed that the chef is going to do a 99 cheeses pizza. Uh, so, no, we, we don't go to the country saying that you should eat the cheese the way we eat in France, but we try to adapt to the local uh, uh, food habits. And how much support do you get from uh, large organizations like the EU? Uh, EU co-finance our communication program is 50%, so it's, that's very important. So EU has been very supporting, not only to the French cheeses, but many other cheeses like Italian, Spanish and everything. So that's a good thing. And how do you find your travel schedule must be insane? How do you, how do you cope with uh, having to be in, in different corners of the world constantly talking about the French cheese? Mm, it's very interesting because um, everywhere people like their local cheese first but then the first foreign cheese they would prefer is French cheese so this is very nice for me because it's easier to market when they love your product but when you go to Japan the first they prefer the Japanese cheese because it's adapted to their palate definitely when you go to China they prefer and there is not a lot of uh, uh, Chinese cheese but there is they do cheese with vanilla with chocolate because they like sweet cheese in, in, uh, in China uh, but then when you ask them what is the, the other foreign cheese you prefer it's French cheese so it's always nice because when you arrive and you say French you have a smile so it's very easy to, to do communication and marketing when people smile uh, We've been talking on this show for a couple of weeks about pule which is a cheese uh, made in a specific place in Serbia and it's made from the milk of a donkey um, Have you tried pule? Have you tried donkey, mi donkey milk cheese? No, never uh, This is like a, a specific very small target yeah. I mean uh, that kind of milk uh, has been developed to the non-milk people people, people anti-dairy people who think that cow milk is not good uh, and so they have started to try to do other things than milk so cheese uh, apparently uh, it's a good experience it will be like a very niche market but every market is good so I think it's interesting and how are things like uh, the, the goat's milk cheese for example is that does that play a part in in, in your program um, a little bit, but in France, 95% um, of the cheeses is made out of cow milk. Uh, but a little bit of used milk cheese and cow milk cheese. We are good producers of that also, but compared to the, to the cow milk, it's uh, a small market. Mm. And I want to go back to probably my last question, or my second last question, just in, in around the, the travel part of your world. What's been the strangest thing that you've discovered in your travels when it comes to cheese? Uh, that we could eat cheese with Medusa in Shanghai. This is like, really very interesting. I don't like Medusa. Uh, I love cheese. I, I'm not sure I like Medusa with cheese as well, but uh, apparently the Chinese are like that. So you understand that you have to accept that people use your product differently and they, they like it the way it is and you don't, we don't have to say anything about that. It's interesting to see that uh, you have good products and people, they can use it the way they like and that's good. I heard a discussion earlier today about uh, blue cheese with bananas. Yes, blue cheese goes very well with every fruit. So banana pears mm. apparently is very good. Cold pear, warm pears in oven, grill, whatever. Uh, so we mix a lot more and more 
uh, cheese with fruits. Uh, first in France, because we don't do as we used to do, like the, the starter, the mendies, the plateau de fromage, the, the cheese ball, and then the dessert. Now, usually, sometimes the dessert and the cheese are mixed together. So it's a, a plate with fruit and cheese. So it's interesting to mix uh, banana, pears, apples with cheese. And, and, and blue cheese is a very good uh, uh, product to adapt with, uh, with uh, apples or fruits in general. Laurent Dominis from the French Cheese Board. We've been very uh, lucky to be able to have a, a chance to talk to him about this Bon Fromage Cheese Festival. My final question is, uh, what, what's uh, cheese for breakfast? Is it a yes or is it a no? Oh, in some countries in Europe, they only eat cheese at breakfast, like in the Netherlands or in Denmark or even uh, in Ireland, they eat a lot of cheese for breakfast. So in some countries, it's like the moment of consumption would be breakfast, not in France. This is not a usual way of consumption, but anywhere in the world when people like cheese for breakfast, that's great. <laughs> Laurent, thank you for your time and enjoy what remains of your time in Australia and, and safe travels. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bonjour, I am Gabriel Gatte. You are listening to Cravings with Peter Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. You're also listening to Ted Lombardo. This is Cravings. It is 26 minutes to two. Jemima Cody is the Festival Creative Director for Good Food Month. I think I got her title right. Uh, Jemima, good afternoon. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. A big month for you. It's, yeah, pretty huge. Um, getting to the middle of it now, kick off of the major stuff. Yeah, so... Um, go on. Oh, sorry, yeah, obviously, Night Noodle Market kicked off this week, um, which means the next 17 nights are going to be pretty full-on for the whole of Melbourne, covered in smoke. And <laughs> um, have you got a, a couple of picks for us that are, apart from the Night Noodle Market, that are coming this week? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, so, you know, um, Long Song is going to be the, um, the new long-awaited rooftop bar above Longray. Um, David Moyle is going to be the chef there. He's putting the whole place together, and we've got an exclusive preview of what that's going to be like and um, a first taste of the new this Friday. Um, Yum. We've also got um, there's only a couple of seats left to it, but it's the Young Chef Lunch, which is where we always um, do... A, um, a big lineup of the up and coming talent in the city, including Dave, um, Good Food Guide, Young Chef of the Year. So that's this Sunday at OK. And that's obviously you can't tell us any of the details at all? Of, of the lunch? Yeah, well, no, of, of uh, nominees or anything? Oh, no, no, no. This is, um, this is already the winner um, from the Good Food Guide oh, beg your pardon. Awards. Yeah, so yes. um, Jared DeBlassie won. Oh, yes, 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 the young fellow um, from the Good yeah. Food, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but we've also got, um, you know, Jake Kelly. Um, we've got a couple of guys from the Press Club and um, Town Mouse, which we got their um, head chefs to nominate, who we might not have heard of before, but who they think are going to be the next up-and-comers. Excellent. That sounds like a fantastic lunch. That's tomorrow and there's a couple of tickets available, I understand. No, that's next Sunday. Next so Sunday and, and there's a couple yeah, of tickets available. Yeah, I think there's five tickets left, so one to jump on. People might need to get online. And Fergus Henderson is in town. I think his event tomorrow is sold out, sadly. So Fergus is coming in two weeks. So no, there's still time to, um, to get hold of Fergus. So um, our major talent, which I'm really, really excited about, is all going to 
go down in the last week. We've got Fergus Henderson, who everyone knows is um, the author of Nose to Tail Eating. So if you remember everyone getting into that about 10 years ago, that was that was mostly off the back of Fergus um, making it sexy again. How is, um, how is Fergus's health? I know he has multiple sclerosis. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry, God, no, he doesn't. He has Parkinson's. Parkinson's, I beg your pardon, yes. Yes, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, full of misinformation cool. today, my goodness. <laughs> um, so no, so I guess um, yeah, so I guess does a lot of a lot of work for um, for raising awareness around that, and um, yep. and he is coming out in fact with his amazing business partner, long time business partner Margot Henderson, who yes. has Rochelle Canteen, and she will be um, she will be helping um, do some of that work. But also, Ian Curley is going to be putting together. Um, a lot of the food and um, that event which you still can get tickets for the dinner sold out in a second um, but it's going to be a Sunday session um, a sort of British picnic in the most British style possible indoors at um, French Balloon and the brand new um, public bar style um, place attached to Kirk which is just going to be called Kirk's now is found out this week Excellent um, Ted I think we better go to that I think so yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt Wilkinson's coming on board and um, Michael James from Kibley Road who used to work at St. John Bread and Wine. Yep. So yep. it's going to be all echo cake, pork pies, um, you know, just amazing British picnic food oh and kims and Tick. whatnot. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to that. Sounds what else great. is on? <laughs> um, Jemima, do, do you get to the point where you're exhausted at the end of this month where you just you want to just go home and sit on the sofa and eat a piece of toast or some cheese out of a can or something? <laughs> It's mostly, oh God, she's out of a can. <laughs> um, look, I think, I think every now and then you get completely fatigued, but um, we had one of the events that I was really excited about last night that um, was the Legends Dinner. Um, we had Candy Goods, Stephanie Alexander, Anthony Lou, um, and Guy Grossi, and it was um, Jacques Ramon. And, what a hoot. And, and Rita Ehrlich was hosting it, and that was at Gothy upstairs. And honestly, it was just one of those dinners that can completely refresh you and remind you why we do what we do. It was, yeah. it was just beautiful. So, yes, I do I do get fatigued, but, um, you know, there's, sometimes it can actually just completely restore you your know, enthusiasm, indeed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've said night noodle, night, noodle, night noodle market goes for the next 17 days? Yes, next seven, uh, 16 now. 16 so, now, because, um, yes. That, yeah, that will run until the end of the month. The last one will be Sunday the 27th. Um, but I, like, if I can um, just say a couple of things yes. about it, we've got all of these frequently asked questions that I've got some answers to. <laughs> Go. Um, <laughs> So other than the usual format, which is it's free to enter um, and that it's, we've got, like, the 40 stalls spread over the three terraces, all Asian-themed stalls, um, people keep asking if they can bring their dogs, and yes, you can. Um, the only rules are typical courtesy, the pick on a lead, and they have to be 20 metres from any stall. Yep. But it is a pet-friendly event. Um, and it's also cashless this year, um, which means you can use any card of your choice. Um, you cannot use cash at any of the stores. If you don't have um, a card, 
Um, you can go to the information booth and they can exchange cash for a loaded Visa debit card, which yeah, um, awesome. which you just take. So those are those have been the main questions. Very good. Um, All the information we will find on goodfoodmonth.com? Yes, that's right. Excellent. Jemima, we'll... the rest of the program. Indeed. We'll let you get back to it, and we'll catch up with you again before the end of the month to see uh, what is coming at the end of the month, because there is so much. So good to talk to you. Great. Thank you so much. Good on you. Thanks, Bye. Jemima. That's Jemima Cody. She's the creative director of Good Food Month. She's a cracking young woman, and I, I don't know how she doesn't end up like the side of the house, because she'd be out eating every day of the week. <laughs> and she doesn't look like the side of the house. Quite the opposite. Well, she'll need a holiday after this. I think she probably will. I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or head to the iTunes Australia podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing a show again. Joy. You are on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. It's 13 minutes to two. Uh, Mike Patrick is the owner of Fancy Hanks, our neighbour here in Burke Street. And uh, he is out at the Taste Festival. Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you going? Good, thank you. Tell us what the, what it's like out there. Is it you're drowning in people wanting to taste <laughs> the brisket and business? Yeah, look, it's, it's fantastic today. The, the sun's come out, which is um, always good. And uh, the crowds are flocking here and... Yeah, it's got a fantastic feel. So, yeah, it's really starting to warm up. It's good. Mike, it's Tad here. Um, have you got your smokers and things like that out there with you? or We do, yeah. 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 We've got one of our smokers here. Um, we've been smoking pastrami and, and brisket all weekend. And, um, yeah, it's gone really well. Good. And, Mike, what, what's the impetus for being involved with something like Taste Festival? Um, look, I think it's really amazing to be asked to do this. It's, a, you know, the sort of 12 pretty... Um, you know, popular restaurants around town and all coming together and, uh, you know, getting to sort of getting our product out there and getting a bit of awareness into the community. And, uh, you know, food festivals are always awesome, in, in my opinion. So There's always one on in Melbourne, it seems, oh, well, which is great. It's free on today. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, and does it, bring, does it bring you new business to your venue? Are you able to find a different audience that you probably wouldn't have? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we've done this this year because we've just opened our new place on Burke Street in, in the city, and um, and it's, it's perfect timing, really. You know, it's been open a couple of weeks, and um, the chance to sort of the sun coming out and spring kicking in, we can uh, and we can you know show off what we're doing and a few different things on our on our menu and, and really get get people talking about it. That's what it's all about. For those that aren't familiar with Fancy Hanks, what what kind of food do you do? So we do American barbecue, so we do a lot of offset smoking, so smoked meats um, and, and sides and so on and so forth, and, um, you know, a whole sort of range of old-school American cold cuts and pickles and, and uh, you know, a lot of craft beer and, and cocktails and stuff like that, yeah. Ted, are we yeah. becoming experts in American barbecue? We are. I'm all we, for it. We had uh, a, a, a barbecue expert who was over from the US uh, on the program last week who has a restaurant at, at Crown called Bloodsoes, and we learned a great yeah. deal about uh, smoking weed, drinking whiskey, or drinking brandy, <laughs> drinking right. Hennessy, and uh, <laughs> and he, he brought with him some brisket, some chicken, and some mac cheese, and I'm still actually dreaming about that mac cheese. That was good. Nice. Mm. I actually met him yesterday, Kevin. Yeah, he's a fantastic He's a guy. dude, right? He is so, <laughs> yeah, so funny. Big time. 
legitimate. But, yeah, and he was all like, his, his grandmother, her name was Willie May, and she used to seriously yep. get up in the morning, start smoking weed, smoke some brisket, and drink Hennessy. <laughs> That's <laughs> the barbecue life. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've got a good life then, sir. <laughs> um, and if we were to talk a little bit about um, your background, how did you? What, what made you decide that American barbecue was the way to go? Uh, look, I've been a chef for 20 years, and for the last 15, I've, I've been cooking different cuisines over over charcoal and timber and fire, you know, open fire. I think it's a really, really, really cool way to cook. It's really, you know, traditional. It's super flavorful. And I did a few trips through South America and, and then through, the, through North America, and I discovered barbecue about 10 years ago, and um, I fell in love with it. I thought it was just such a... It's a, it's a really down-to-earth style of cooking, you know. It's not... I guess, um, you know, it doesn't have the, the tweezers and the high-end restaurants attached to it, so to speak. Yeah, no, no Sam Fire involved. Mm. <laughs> but real food, you know, and you can't you can't really do it unless you're passionate about it. You've got to have, you know, pits running all night, and, um, and there's a lot of care has to be taken into getting good product. So well, I really you, you can't it. fake that stuff. We were talking again last week about... Um, the the taste of the chicken at this particular restaurant, and it's because it's sure. this ten thousand dead pigs and 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 beef that <laughs> have seasoned the uh, the 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 oven or the pit in which the chickens are cooked. Yep, definitely, there's definitely mm. an element of that. <laughs> well, mate, we'll let you we'll let you get back to the uh, thriving uh, hordes of the general public that are no doubt wanting to uh, slap a bit of brisket between a sandwich. Before I do let you go, would you put some cheese in with your brisket, or is that just a no no? Oh, we would if you asked for sure. <laughs> Excellent, Kevin <laughs> wouldn't. You're you're in. You, you've won my attention. Um, and for those who would like to know, uh, your website for um, for Fancy Hanks. Yeah, so uh, fancyhanks dot com. That's the one. Excellent, and it is just and you down can the come road. And check out. Yeah, you can come check out the new restaurant, which is 79 Burke Street. Correct. So, yeah. you, you are our neighbours. Oh, yeah. You are quite literally down the road. We might have to sneak in for a lazy lunch one weekend, Dad. Yes. Definitely. definitely. Good on you. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the festival. No worries. See ya. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. The Taste Festival is on at the Pelican Lord at Elbert Park. Um, you can go down and uh, experience some of Melbourne's best restaurants. He seems like a nice young man. Yeah, he does. Yeah, we might we might have to go and have a little brisket or something. We should. One week when you're not rushing back to the Prime Market yeah. to do some more chocolates. Definitely. I think we have to do that. This afternoon, you will be, of course, at Bon Fromage, and you'll be doing... What That's time right. is your masterclass? Is it 5 o'clock? At 5 o'clock, yep. What are you doing? What's in your masterclass this afternoon? We're going to be talking about chocolate and cheese, the similarities, and, and pairing them, the yep. two together, um, trying to debunk a few myths about that. Um, and I'll be making a, um, a ganache using cheese, and the, the, the people that are there can taste it. And, um, yeah, we'll just go through some... some rules and things like that of, of what to do and what not to do not necessarily rules but just some guidelines probably excellent and um yeah looking forward to it i'm learning so much about cheese with this festival um it is of course on at uh, faraday lane behind king and godfrey in off faraday street in yep. carlton ted will be there for five o'clock if you want to go and see how handsome he is you're listening oh, to that mellifluous uh new providence new jersey voice and go <laughs> check out how handsome he is because his mum will probably tell you uh she is listening in new providence new jersey yep. she says in an email tad um, love your show last week. Sam wants to know what it's like to co-host a radio show. Uh, they loved hearing your show last week. Uh, and you're now on at 9 p.m. in New Jersey. Yes, because now they're off daylight savings, so it's a little bit easier. 9 p.m. Friday night. Yeah, that's right. But, um, and the cloud hasn't yet come over the sun in, no, uh, in America. No, it hasn't. Uh, no. But, um, yeah. But to answer Sam's quick question, um, Sam's one of my nephews, and, and what's it like? It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exhilarating, and 
obviously having a great host helps as well. And um, <laughs> don't blush. There's a mutual masturbation yeah. thing going on here at the minute. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, so it's nice to, to actually be doing it. And it comes really naturally to you, if I might say that. Thank you. Uh, it is six minutes to two. We're going to return and... Uh, uh, We'll pay another tribute to Leonard Cohen, but I also want to pay a little bit of a tribute to a couple of people within our community who have left us this week. Um, people to whom we are very close in one way or another, uh, both here at Joy 94.9 and more broadly, and we want to acknowledge uh, the contribution those people have made to our community. It is six minutes to two. You are on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. Tad Lombardo and Pete Dillon are your hosts. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. You're on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. It is four minutes to two. Uh, who is on the escape pod, Ted? Today on the escape pod with Andre, um, he'll be speaking with uh, Vinod Prasad, who's an award-winning flautist. A flautist? Flautist. I think that's how you say and it. And I'm sure he's going to be talking about travel. Um, I have a message here, and somebody has, has written to say, Peter, I'm running to say thank you for a tribute you wrote on your Facebook page. Um, I'm listening to you whilst on Choeng Kosamui. Uh, best wishes and regards, Brian. Thank you, Brian. There's a couple of people that we have lost uh, this week in our bigger circle. I'm not going to mention names, but uh, I am going to mention the fact that their magnificence and their contribution to our community, not just here at Joy, but broadly across the community, has been um, memorable, and we shall remember them very, very fondly in all of the years to come. So to the three people in my life who've moved across this week um we're playing this for you uh it is part of um our tribute to leonard cohen as well it's done by a band called pentatonics that's all voice there's no um no music in this so um until we return next week uh we wish you a safe and uh, happy week and uh this is this is to for leonard cohen yeah. and, and for our friends who passed this week to whom we want to send our condolences we'll be back next week see you ted bye-bye the major lift, the barefoot king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. She broke your throne and she cut your hair and from your lips she drew
Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.